Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm here in the studio with today's guest. He's based in Worcester and runs a, uh, a seasonal and niche business, uh, which we'll hear all about in a minute. Um, he has a background in teaching and uh, I believe has, has obviously made the transition to uh, to run his own business. Uh, he is Paul Chester. How are you doing, Paul? Hi, good, thank you. Yeah, good. Thank you very much for coming in and everything. You're welcome. Good. Um, just before we start, your website's for everyone to go to? Yeah, it's www.threecountieschristmas.co.uk. Three Counties Christmas, which gives a bit of a hint as to what you do. Certainly does, yeah. <laughs> cool, okay. <laughs> right, cool. Well, um, yeah, I think by the time this comes out, it's going to be early November and you're going to be in the full swing of things. Yeah, so, um, absolutely. You said as you came in this morning, you're just getting going with everything and... Um, Things are starting to, to move for you. Does that mean it's really quiet the rest of the year, or do you have other things? Um, well, I'd like to think it was quiet. We, we obviously <laughs> are certainly a seasonal business, so we are uh, relatively quiet, but a lot of it is planning ahead. Some of our larger clients, obviously, are planning from right from the start of the year, so a, a lot of that side of it and um, you know, the sort of business development side through the rest of the year. Yeah, of course, yeah, making sure you've got the inquiries coming in when it uh, Absolutely, networking it and everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, so uh, you're based in Worcester. Yeah, got uh, a uh, unit in Kemsey, just outside oh, yeah. Worcester. Um, yeah, yeah. Four and a half thousand square feet. So oh, as well. you can imagine, what we what we do is a, it takes a lot of storage. So um, yeah, yeah, big, big yeah. Okay, is that where you grew up? Uh, yeah, I grew up. Yeah, born and bred in Worcester. Um, moved yeah. to Bristol for three years just to go to uni. But yeah, always always been in Worcester. Been in Worcester. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you live in the sort of Worcester, in the yeah, central Worcester. Well, we live in Powick now, so again, okay. just over the bridge, the other side of Kemsey. Okay, gotcha. Nice. Yeah. All right. And um, so, growing up, um, what were, you said you were in teaching when you came in. Then is that kind of what you were always aiming to do, or uh? no? Do you know what I didn't? I didn't even consider teaching until I so I left college uh, at, at what eighteen, and then hadn't decided what I wanted to do. Kind of did a bit of this, bit of that, kind of bit of working in Costa Coffee and that sort of thing, just just mm-hmm. to, while I was deciding what to do. And then got a job as a teaching assistant in a school. Uh, worked there for just over two years, about two and a half years, and then just decided I quite quite fancied teaching. So right, okay. yeah, went off to uni in Bristol at twenty one to go and mm. train to be a teacher. Um, and then yeah, obviously <laughs> didn't stay in it long. But yeah, went to went like I said went to went to Bristol, took, trained to be a teacher. Uh, started teaching at 24 at a local school in Worcester. Yeah. Uh, did it for five years and then just fancied to change. Okay, okay. So um, so it wasn't like... You, you were probably a bit like me maybe when you were younger then and you didn't really know what you wanted to do, but just kind of... All the usual stuff. Trying to oh, follow things Yeah, fireman, mechanic, all these different things <laughs> kind of came up at different points. Policeman, I think, at one point. So, yeah, just didn't really know what to, what I wanted to do. What, really. what did the careers advisor uh, um, <laughs> recommend you? That's I, th- I think they... Something quite random. Yeah, it was. I think they, they did actually push me into police at one point, I remember. But, yeah, it wasn't wasn't for me yeah were you good in school was it, did it suit you no not at all yeah perhaps won't go into that now but not at all <laughs> <laughs> okay all right 
Okay, no, I think we should definitely go in. <laughs> <laughs> was it just because the uh, sort of academic thing didn't really suit you? Or, no, do you know what? I was I, not blowing my own trumpet, but I was quite academic. I just didn't yeah. really, I don't know if it was just the typical kind of pushing back against authority or whatever as a teenager, but yeah, I didn't kind of, didn't get on with school very well at all. I was kind of suspended quite a few times. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not the best. Yeah. Not the best time. But, you know, I learned a lot from it. And actually, you know, I think all of these things as you're younger kind of get you to where you are now and, and teach yeah. you how you are as an adult sort of thing. So I think whilst you kind of look back going, oh, I actually wish I hadn't done a lot, it still kind of, you know, gets you to where you are and teaches you that actually perhaps wasn't the right thing and, and you know, changes you a bit as a person, doesn't it? So. Yeah, so w when you went into teaching... <laughs> <laughs> I knew what to look out for, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, but did you sort of have... Because I often think it's like the system that doesn't suit people and that's why they, you know play up like you said it was the kind of you know authority mm -hmm. type thing I mean did you have kind of some compassion for the kids that were I think the the kind of the naughty ones are always my favorite not that obviously as teachers <laughs> you have favorites but yeah, yeah. The, certainly the naughty ones are always my favorite those with a bit of kind of bit of personality about them um I think probably just because I could relate to them yeah um I think I could we could do a whole podcast just talking about teaching and my ideas on, on teaching and, and the education system. But I think teaching uh, it doesn't prepare children for life. It prepares children to pass a test, which is mm -hmm. quite, you know, one of the biggest reasons why I left. So you can see why there are some people who push back against that and don't really want to be there because they can sort of probably quite aware that this isn't really going to help them in their future life sort of thing so yeah yeah, yeah. no I agree it's, uh, yeah it's a topic I'm quite interested in actually so we can talk about it oh, like. fabulous yeah yeah it's fine <laughs> go ahead yeah yeah no I mean tell me because yeah I often think the same thing it's like you're there to yeah prepare, like you say prepare mm. you to pass the mm -hmm. test and I, I think for me I was quite good at being able to pass the tests which got me through you know if you look at my GCSE results pretty good mm -hmm. A levels quite as good degree pretty good but when I actually came out of it I didn't feel like you say prepared really absolutely and again I mean we just touched on it earlier about that I didn't really know what I wanted to do by the time I'd left school and that's nobody's fault I think it's just you get taught so many different things I just think the there's a lot of pressure obviously I've kind of seen it in my short career as a teacher for five years that actually it's very much it's box ticking and as I said before, that we just don't prepare children for life. We prepare mm. them to pass a test because that is what the schools and teachers judge on. And it's not teacher's fault. It's no, not no. head teacher's fault. No. It is, you know, something that comes from above that actually until that changes or, or until they find another way of judging schools, if you like, then it will always be a problem. I was at a networking thing this morning, actually, this did come, this did come <laughs> up in conversation, funnily enough. Um, and just, just saying the same, like we're kind of teaching you know, teaching children facts and figures that actually, yeah, probably great for a pub quiz, but, you know, not really kind of preparing them for life and preparing them to to, to have a career or to have a family or to, you know, we don't teach mm. them life skills like money management and mm. those sorts of things. It is very much, do you know who Henry VIII's wives were and that sort of yeah. thing. And actually, <laughs> I don't think you've probably ever used it in your career, have you? And I certainly yeah. haven't. You know, like I said, great for a pub quiz, but certainly not for, you know, for, for future life, really. And I think we can... We can look at history and stuff like that and, and, and look at the kind of, I guess, the sociology side of sort of thing and, and learn from history, but perhaps we don't need to learn as many facts and figures as, as the curriculum says. Yeah. Well, why do you think it's gone that way so much? Because, I mean, you, you know, you often hear that the school system was sort of developed in the Industrial Revolution mm -hmm. to prepare people to 
work in factories and that sort of thing. But, I mean, you wouldn't have thought that you'd need to learn all those facts. <laughs> yeah, get, exactly. Jo- on- honestly, I don't know. The only, I mean, curriculum just in the time I was I was teaching had two different overhauls, you know, in the space of right. five years. And I think right. the... The, the facts and figures kind of the learning facts and figures are very easy to put into a curriculum because it's almost a this is what you need to learn okay, and then a teacher goes and teaches it and then at the end of the year you have a test can can does that child know that yes they do brilliant <laughs> tick the box right. i think if you're kind of looking at you know the kind of the wider child i suppose then um it's not really it's not measurable as such i, I, I know mm. a school uh, you know i know a lot of teachers there and it's not the one i used to work in um who haven't who recently have had not a very good ofsted report and actually mm. i know that school really well and i look at it and think actually i would send my child to that school you mm. might not have a good ofsted report but actually the children there are thriving from a per- mm. on a personal level and and to me i used to sit there at parents evening and a lot of parents would say to me, well, how are they with their maths and, and literacy and stuff? And I'd always say, like, actually, they are struggling, but do you know what? They're nice, they're sociable, you know, they're friendly, they're, you know, perfectly kind of competent in having a conversation with people. And that is going to be the skills that are going to get them yeah. so much further in life than whether they can add up, you know, kind of and do their times tables and stuff. Because let's face it, not many adults do. I'm, they can but we've got phones, we've got calculators, we've got computers that kind of do all that stuff for mm. them. But you can't teach, you know, you can't teach, a, you know, a, an adult really to start having a conversation and having those skills because it's a bit late by that, that by that point. So I think these are the kind of the life skills that we need to teach children, particularly, you know, pr- starting from primary school, but, you know, particularly as they go into secondary school, have those kind of life skills that they will need to, to get by and to thrive as they get older. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess when you, you know, as you get older and you get interested in something, you know, whether that's like engineering or, you know, science or the arts or whatever, because you're interested in it, you're going to go and want to learn it, aren't you? You know, I mean, you know, even even teenagers, you know, if they they want to work out how a rocket works or something, they'll learn the maths to <laughs> to yeah. do it because they're actually driven by that passion already, aren't they? Absolutely. And obviously, you know, as, as children get older and go through the education system, they start to be able to choose what they want to do, you know, kind of start mm. from, what, traditionally year nine, you know, your options evenings at GCSE and stuff, and, and going forward, you do choose. So I think that obviously gives them, you know, that kind of more engagement, whereas lower down, they're very much forced to learn everything you know and, yeah. and, and what we believe they should learn so yeah and uh, i mean i think yeah it's worth reiterating what you said before that like you know it's not the teacher's fault because i think every Absolutely. teacher i've met wants the absolute best mm-hmm. for the kids and to do best but they just get sort of forced into yeah. this yeah this system I'm absolutely 100 you know kind of got a lot of really good teacher friends still and they are all brilliant at what they do and unfortunately you know they get put a certain workload on from the head teacher and again it's not the head teacher's fault because they get put a certain workload on from you know governors or Ofsted or whatever and and they just it it has to come from the top and things have to kind of massively change I think before we're really going to see see children thrive and and Mm. and go forwards with you know good careers off the back of that so yeah I guess it's the people that are really far removed from the classroom that are making the decisions and yeah absolutely it's kind of like uh you ever get that thing where you know, if you haven't met someone or something, I, if you haven't met someone, but you're dealing with them like on emails or something, you build up a kind of picture of 
how they are and it might be negative because of something that's got in an email but then you actually meet them even over a zoom call or something but better in person and you suddenly you relate to them and and you understand them don't you yeah absolutely i mean when i trained to be a teacher a lot of our tutors there was you know yes they were good in in some aspects some of them hadn't been in a classroom for you know 10 15 20 years they've just been tutoring people how to teach and actually that's great but you don't really know what the classroom situation is like these days and Mm. you know i I, like i'm not in by any means an education expert but i feel that's often the same with kind of inspectors you know offset inspectors some some have and that's brilliant but a lot of them haven't been in the classroom for such a long time they don't really understand that kind of you know the day-to-day workings of classroom and perhaps the pressures that teachers and head teachers and stuff are under mm. um, and as you said it's people that sort of sit in an office that are planning curriculums and you know mm. tests and whatever else that they really kind of need to be a bit more hands-on before they can do that sort of thing yeah in my opinion yeah so so when was it in that five years that you sort of started feeling like maybe this wasn't what um, you want to carry on doing I think kind of like like I said, I loved teaching and kind mm. of the teaching side of it is brilliant and it's something I still do miss doing today. You know, even today, um, that kind of nine o'clock till three three fifteen whatever is great. You get to you know kind of hopefully inspire children and you know do all that the kind of the fun stuff. Um, it's everything else that went with it, and it just got to the point of planning ahead to have my own kids and stuff. Thinking actually, I don't really want to be in this and those teachers that are amazing and I still have kind of massive massive respect to them that they're able to do it and able to kind of juggle that that family life and 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 school life um but I just didn't I didn't really kind of agree with the whole education system as we've just spoken about um and just didn't want to be almost I don't want to use the word stuck but you know kind of in it for in it for a long time really I wanted to get out while I could while I was still young enough in my career um to be able to change and do something completely different that that would still, you know, set me up for for the future. Really, mm, okay. I think once you're, you know, you kind of if you're in teaching for a while, obviously, it's not all about money, but you know, your kind of wages go up, and obviously at that point, it's a lot harder to get out. And I just felt actually now is probably, you know, five years is enough, and probably the time for me to move on and find something different. Really, mm, okay. So at that stage. Is that when did you kind of like think right? I'm going to run my own business, or were you sort of looking around at other jobs? And you know, what was that sort of decision yeah, there process? Was, there was definitely. I, I don't recall ever looking for another job as such. I think I remember that point of thinking. I just want to to be my own boss, really, and and right. and to run my own business. I wanted to have that flexibility, as I'm as I briefly mentioned. You know, the future was sort of planned to have kids at some point and I wanted to be able to have that flexibility to be able to you know take them to school and go and see their nativity plays and sports days and whatever else and thought actually you know kind of the best way of doing that would be to in some way be my own boss and at that point I didn't know how but it was kind of exploring different options and different um, you know kind of avenues that I could go down at that point so yeah I think there was a definite I don't. I don't recall one particular moment, but there was. I, I do recall definitely feeling. Yeah, it's being my own boss. That kind of feels like the way to go forward, really. And and how did you? And this sounds like a, a weird question. But how did you sort of know that was an option? Because uh, I know, like for me, when I was in jobs and things, mm-hmm. I kind of knew about it because uh, you know my. I think my granddad had 
always said, you know, be self-employed kind of thing. But it's often, you, you can't really see, or I found it very difficult to see what I could possibly do. And I can see how people might not know that it's an option. So is that yeah. something that came from your family? or is Yeah, it, um, so um, my dad kind of, sort of growing up, had bits and kind of businesses here and there and stuff. Oh, and, right, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say too much, but kind of weren't always very successful. But um, you know, kind of. So I was aware that that is an option, mm-hmm. um, and just wanted to. Yeah, I had no no idea at that point what it was going to be, but I just felt like, yeah, there definitely is is it is a route to take, and I want to explore different options of careers and businesses and whatever that would be being my own boss. So. Okay, so you'd sort of seen him being yeah, his own boss and bit, having yeah. a bit of that time freedom and. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you kind of knew, right. Yeah. Okay, so... Wanted to do a better job, though, than he did. Sorry, oh, Dad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, uh, there's no failures, is there, I suppose? No, true. That's Just true. lessons. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay, so how did you sort of... Did you go straight into the Three Counties Christmas thing, or did you sort of try something else first, or how did you... No, so, um, my wife and I, who at the time wasn't my wife, obviously, um, kind of... Uh, looking around at a few different options and um, wanted to have a little look at different businesses. We came across a, a kind of, a looked at all sorts at this point. We sort of really loved animals and dogs, we still do, kind of looked at perhaps doing some sort of doggy daycare type thing or, you know, kennel, something like that. Um, and then just sort of, you know, upon exploring, sort of came across another company that did, that does Christmas, you know, did Christmas, kind of professional Christmas decorating, mm. um, and thought, I quite fancy having a go at that, you right. know, kind of my, my wife's very creative, and, yeah. you know, just kind of art background, and all that sort of stuff, and we thought, actually, that kind of ticks a box that side, and we both love Christmas, and thought, right. we'd, <laughs> yeah, give it a go, and, and see how it went, so, um, 20... July 2016, I left teaching. Right. Uh, she stayed in teaching to kind of have that, you know, security for for a year. To yeah. as we sort of dipped our toe in the water and dabbled in it, yeah, um, yeah. and obviously kind of had a had a relatively successful first Christmas, uh, which meant the following year she was able to leave leave teaching as well and, and come and join me full time in the business and yeah, kind of built from there and just coming up to our sixth Christmas now. So. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Because um, it's pretty niche, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's very niche, actually. <laughs> and I say that as a positive, I like niche. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is very niche. It's Yeah, you don't come across many uh, Christmas decorating companies. Um, I could probably name three or four, but, you know, yeah. not there's really not many out there. And we do get, there are obviously kind of florists and some garden centres that, that dabble in it, but again, it's not their main their main business. Christmas is our main business. It's what, yeah. it's what we do. It's what we would like to think we are the experts in. Um, some people might disagree, but we'd like to think we're the experts in it. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's very seasonal. We, as, as we mentioned before, kind of the rest of the year, we, we are spending planning ahead, um, and then very much as soon as sort of September hits, we, we hit the ground running and, and get really busy through till sort of second week in December. Then we manage to just about get sort of a week or so just downtime and do our own Christmas with, with the kids and stuff. And then obviously January, everything, what goes up must come down, as they say. So everything's got to come back down and, and yeah. be stored away. 
Okay, and uh, uh, just on a side note, you probably get asked this all the time, but I bet your is your house like epically decorated? I, w- I was waiting for this question. <laughs> <laughs> we do get asked that a lot, and do you know what? It's not. It, I, I should say it is. I guess it's like the old adage of you know the the gardener that you know doesn't get around to in their own garden yeah, and, yeah, and that yeah. sort of thing. The photographer um, that doesn't uh, edit his own family <laughs> photos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, we of course have Christmas decorations, and they they probably you know you probably walk in and some people would say they're amazing for us a lot of what our clients have are, are obviously going to be a different taste to what we have we've got kind yeah. of you know two young children a lot of what we do is very is for um corporate clients so you know commercial clients like hotels and restaurants that sort of thing so they yeah. would perhaps want something along with their, their branding or they have a really kind of specific scheme in mind for their christmas parties and stuff so mm. you know what we do i think is still looks great i have to say but you know, it's very different to perhaps what we'd put into a, into a client's house or, or restaurant or something, so. Yeah, 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 okay. And we've got a little train that goes round and round on us, so that is quite cool. We've oh, never, nice. never put one of them into a client's tree yet, but, you know, you never know one day, maybe. <laughs> in the tree? Have a train yeah, in the tree? Yeah, it just goes round, round around the tree. got a little track oh, that nice. sort of attaches to the spine of the tree and train goes round and round on it. It's great oh, fun. nice. I'll yeah. talk to you about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sourcing one yeah, of Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Okay, so um, that first Christmas then, when mm. you you know when you just quit your job and uh, in July, I mean, that's not that long until Christmas. How yeah. did you go about sort of getting started and finding all your first clients and everything? So, um, yeah, so kind of we'd, like I said, we left, I left each in July, sort of spent the summer where... We were sort of going out and speaking to clients, sort of going and taking brochures in and leaflets in and making phone calls and that sort of thing. Um, mm. And that was great because it was summer holidays, so there's sort of two of us at it. And I just remember, I remember Ali, my wife, going back to, which wasn't my wife then, going back to school, you know, back to work in September. And I remember that first day, I sat in our little, in our spare room, but desk and little office in there. And I kind of remember sitting there thinking, ah, right what do I do now sort of thing, you know, because it was just this kind of complete unknown, you know, we've historically, you know, September the 3rd or whatever comes and I go back off to school and start my school year with, a you know, a new kind of 30 shiny new children in in my classroom. (laughs) And um, yeah, kind of, it's just very different. You're suddenly sitting there thinking, ah, this really is kind of a complete change now and whatever happens now is all all on my head it's, yeah. down, it's down to me I don't have anything anybody else to really fall back on or blame or you know anything like that now <laughs> you know even ask advice for I suppose really so um, yeah and kind of not a business background in any way as I said it was a teacher and, and suddenly to jump from that into running your own business is obviously hugely different and mm. um, leaving a, a, a very secure job for for something completely new is a big worry. And you, yeah, I just remember that moment of sitting there again. Uh, right. And I think there's probably about, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour of me kind of sitting there going, right, okay, okay, right, right, what am I going to do? Okay, right, I need to do something. <laughs> and, you know, you're just kind of almost kind of gearing yourself up to it, really. So, um, so yeah, it was a, it, I don't know why that sticks out of my head so much. I think just because that was that first point. And, that moment. Yeah, yeah, kind of looking back, you know, it's great. I mean, our first, our first Christmas, we, you know, we were working out of our of our garage. We sort of lived in a mm. little two up, two down in Worcester in St Peter's, and we we're working out of our garage. And 
you know, we'd be decorating uh, sort of trees in the sort of front garden or whatever, and then ready to stick them straight on the van to go out the next day because we didn't have, you know, anything kind of taller than the garage. Couldn't right. couldn't go in the garage <laughs> and then, you know, out and into the van or whatever. So, um, yeah, kind of to come there. And I think, you know, I mentioned earlier our sort of storage unit, you know, in Kemsley now to sort of go from, from there to, to where we are now is kind of a, a huge achievement and a huge yeah. change, I think, in the last five years but it but i still just i think we just try and hold on to that reminding ourselves where we came from and that moment of me sitting down i mean look as i know everybody does i still get those moments now going uh <laughs> what am i doing sort of thing um but i'd like to think i've, I've learned a little bit over the last five years and they perhaps hopefully are um less frequent shall we say but you still yeah. get those moments don't you where you're oh, sitting yeah, there going uh, okay right this is on me i've got to do something here what shall i do sort of thing so yeah, although not that we get much time to stop and think about that sort of thing, kind of, you know, October, November time. time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but no, you're right. It's um, when you do that, because, uh, yeah, again, I, you know, I came from a, a job and then into mm. this, and, yeah, plenty of those times, like you say, where you just kind of like, okay, what are we going to do? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It sounds like you were quite proactive in going yeah, out to I, businesses and everything. In yeah, I think that was the days. only way I kind of, you know, because we're a new business, there was no kind of... Um, network around me there was there was none of that obviously now you know yes you go and you do network and you thankfully you get a lot of people that come to you through recommendations or whatever else but you know as a new business as you know you've got to go out and you've got to go and start somewhere and get some clients so mm -hmm. you know I remember that kind of you know there's times of walking into hotels with you know completely not really knowing what to say or what to do and walking in with a you know I'm Chester and you know do you want to talk about Christmas sort of thing and yeah. some people are great some people don't you know and it's obviously often receptionists or whatever you know in the hotel that you sort of have to really try and negotiate around to try and get to the person who discusses Christmas but it's all those things that at the very start I had no idea you know about yeah. it obviously because as I keep saying I, I had no business background I, I jumped from teaching into into business and had to just learn it as I as I went along really yeah um, and yeah. the proactiveness I've always been relatively proactive in anything I do but I thought that's the only way I can really see us going out and getting clients and thankfully they started to come in which was quite good and yeah the rest is history as they say yeah yeah but I guess on that first year you kind of it's hard as Nick you don't have any portfolio to show people mm -hmm. you just kind of have to convince them that that we're going to be good. Do a yeah, good yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it is hard. And like I said, it, as you know, every business it grows from there. You kind of get you know, a few clients in the first year, and, and thankfully it sort of grows and grows and grows. And, and people cotton on that, okay, these guys are quite good at what they do. So we've seen them do that place, and we didn't want to take the risk on them last year, but now we will because we've seen what they do, and it snowballs from there. Yeah, and I guess you get, um, you know, clients coming back to you year on year as well. Yeah, we have a, a really high retention rate actually, which is so important to us. I, kind of that repeat client, is, yeah. you know, it, it's just a really, um, yeah, not 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 just obviously from from profit point of view, but also from, you know, it just shows us that we're doing a good job, we're doing something mm. right, and and you know we get huge appreciation generally from clients of our, you know, because we take all the hassle away from them at Christmas time. We. We mm. come and put decorations up and if anything goes wrong we go and sort it out and then right, we take yeah. it down again in January and, and they don't have to do anything in terms of, the, of decorating their house or hotel or restaurant or you know shopping center or whatever yeah, so yeah. you know the kind of the the client astonishment as um 
our business coach calls it, um, is who I think you podcasted with him a, a, yeah. a few weeks ago with Alan, um, is kind of really important to us. It's, you know, it, 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 we've got to show that client astonishment yeah. and thankfully we do and that's why that repeat business is so important to us. Yeah, do you kind of like set up like payment plans and things with people so they'd be doing like a sort of monthly thing through the year and then that covers them for everything they yeah. need? Do you know what, it's not something we've ever ever discussed with any clients generally. We, I mean, payment-wise, how we, how we work is generally it's sort of 50% deposit when yeah. we agree and then 50% when, when decorations go up. So, right, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, it certainly would be something we'd be willing to, to discuss with clients if they needed it to, but it's never never come up so far. A lot, a lot of our clients are uh, in the commercial sector. We do about 85% kind of commercial work mm. and then sort of 15% residential. So, um, right. you know, kind of a, a lot of kind of commercial stuff, just, yeah, it's fine. We've got, we've got the budget there sort of thing. Just, yeah, just pay yeah. and get it done with. And, and is everything sort of bespoke then? Do you go in and, and discuss what they're going to do? And you said your wife's very creative. I'm sure you are as well. But do you... Uh, <laughs> do you uh, you go in and you sort of draw up a whole plan or is it how's it how does it work yeah so, the process? so you know some some clients have a real uh you know an idea exactly of what they want and they'll be very kind of um prescriptive i suppose in terms of right i want red and gold or i want pink and blue or whatever and, and they kind of have a real idea right. but a lot of clients have just need a bit of you know pointing I, I mean you said am i creative i i'm not really that creative but i guess kind of I, i'm the person who who goes out and kind of meets with clients and does all that side of things so you know we'll go and walk around if you're a hotel manager for example we'll go and walk around the hotel and you'll say oh I'd quite like something here you know mm. or I'd like a tree here or I'd like something there and I'll just kind of give a few ideas of what you could have perhaps it you know it will often either be it's normally one of three things it's either branding brand colors mm-hmm. um or it's traditional red and gold, or mm. it's you know picking out kind of colours that are in the decor around the room. So yeah. um, you know often it's often it's my work is done for me in terms of kind of coming up with ideas and colours. Um, but I would just, as I said, I'll kind of walk around the clients and give them a few little you know, pointers and ideas. We'll then go away. I you know kind of report back to my wife if you like and say this is sort of what they want and she'll come up with some design ideas and we'll send that back to them and right, and they'll yeah. okay it and you know agree dates and stuff but yeah it's it's definitely a it's a real mixed bag of those clients that are, that know what they want and they can almost dictate and which is great because mm-hmm. it really just make my life easy <laughs> um and obviously on the alternative you've got those that kind of just they want something but they're not really sure what would suit or what they want or what is a good thing for them to have you know as a hotel they might say oh, i want everything and kind of obviously often as you know less is more and you know you kind of might point them based on their budget into actually look, spend a little bit more here in the say reception and actually you can you don't need to spend a lot in the the dining room or whatever mm-hmm. so you know the, i think it, it does vary from client to client and that's why i i kind of love going out you know been out there about with a client this morning just kind of doing some measuring up and yeah they're wanting a very kind of natural natural style with sort of um oranges and cinnamon sticks and all that kind of stuff which is mm-hmm. going to be great and, and it will yeah. look really good but again that is kind of a, a bit of um uh, design ideas for my wife who's, who's who's kind of come up with that that idea of you know she's gone out and done some samples for them and done sort of mm-hmm. uh, apologies ali if i've got the names wrong here sort of um, poppy seed heads or whatever they are that sort of thing and all those kind of gypsophilia the sort of floral stuff there and all and yeah. you know often often we will do a little sample for a client to show them um you know this this is the sort of thing you want um just 
it's, it's great seeing a probably saying this is the wrong person but it's great seeing a photo of something but obviously often doesn't do it justice i'm sure your yeah, photos yeah. do obviously. of course <laughs> yours are different um you know for us it, you know we'll, we'll send them a photo of something we've done in the past but for them to actually physically see a sample or to kind of yeah, come yeah. into our office and see you know a tree you know fully mm. decorated tree they can really see actually it is quite wow and i can see why we're you know what we're getting for our money if you like yeah and often it's uh, a case of people don't know what's possible because mm -hmm. I, I get that all the time you know with photos and videos it's kind of um like you know they come and they say we want to show this but you know what are the options kind of thing and you can show them different options and yeah. then it's like oh well and that's why you know you get paid for that service absolutely it? yeah and you know we have you know, we have kind of brochures and leaflets and buyer's guides and all sorts of stuff that we send out, but it, mm -hmm. but the the possibilities, particularly with Christmas, is endless. You know, <laughs> yeah, you can do, we can do anything. You know, we kind of <laughs> nutcracker soldiers and gingerbread men and Santa's grottos and, and then just going down to kind of, you know, trees and garlands, you know, fairly simple stuff. And then obviously when we're doing sort of shopping centres and city centres, you kind of you have you know, huge kind of 24, 30 foot trees, you have things hanging from ceiling. So it is just, there's so many things we can do and, and it is just a, a case of finding what the client wants. And, and it's it's very much a, a two way kind of conversation really between us and the client to to really nail down to, to what they actually want before they're happy and, and go yeah. ahead with us. So it's a bespoke thing. So then you'll come up with the design and everything. And then I guess you'll have to cost it out in terms of the, the kit that they need and the time that it takes you guys to put it up is that kind of how it, and yeah. take it down <laughs> yeah yeah and take it down of course yeah and store it yeah absolutely yeah it, it is exactly that kind of yeah kind of the 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 pricing is done on um yeah you know cost of labor cost of materials and and everything else really so you know and, and generally there's people especially our existing clients as i said they know what they're getting so they're happy to happy to pay those prices really yeah yeah okay yeah. and then um I mean, one of the things that I bang on probably too much about is the, the usefulness of having a niche because we've, you know, I've found that with, mm -hmm. uh, with what we do and, and, you know, we sort of focus towards the kind of industrial side of things and I've just found it so powerful and right. obviously yours is very niche as well. Absolutely. I mean, that must work for you as well in terms of, you know, you're the go-to people. For, <laughs> it's not like, you know, because if there's, I don't know if there's any such thing as a kind of general mm -hmm. uh not, what's the word? Not decorator, but you'd say that for Christmas, wouldn't you? <laughs> Christmas yeah, decorator, yeah, but yeah. you know what I mean? Someone that does displays and things. Yeah. Would you get, you know, you, you wouldn't go to them if the choice was between them and, and you for your Christmas stuff. It would be like, right, I'm coming to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it does work really well. And I, I mentioned earlier, you know, we'd like to think we are the experts in Christmas. And, you know, we often get, I can't think of his name now, there's a guy. And it's Simon something, and he's a travel expert, and he always pops up on, you know, this morning and on, um, you know, Sky News and any, anything that's to do with travel, particularly obviously over the last kind of year and a half with red lists and amber lists and whatever else. He always pops up there, and I was I was joking. He say, oh, you know, we we need to be that for mm. Christmas. And actually, um, kind of, you know, I mentioned to you earlier before we were recording about, you know, we've done some decorations and had sort of you know, radio interviews and, you know, kind of articles and papers and magazines and stuff off the back of that. And, and it very much is, um, we've got one one radio um, station in particular who I, I won't name at the moment, but often anything to do with Christmas, it, yeah. even if it's just a real kind of 
you know, loose link to Christmas, <laughs> they'll ring us up for a, you know, get me on for an interview. And it is that kind of, you know, starting to be that person for Christmas that actually people do, do, do want to speak to because, you know, it's good to have a, a Christmas company. And it's the same with networking. You sort of mention at networking what you're doing. It's great because people want to come and talk to you. And that's no offense to anyone else at networking, but often it's like, oh, that's different. I've not heard of that before. So, yeah. you know, there's a quite a, a good natural conversation that starts there and people are, are you know, genuinely interested in what we do. And, and thankfully the niche works for us. Mm, yeah, and I think people love to recommend an expert, don't they? Because mm -hmm. there's a certain amount of kind of uh, social credibility or something that comes when you when you make a referral to someone. And if one of your mates says, oh, I, I need such and such. If you can go, I know an expert in that yeah, field. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like much better, isn't it? Yeah, no, it really is. And, you know, we let's face it, we all kind of uh, have worked with people from word of mouth, haven't we? You know, if somebody recommends somebody, it's great. And, yeah, thankfully, we are the Christmas experts and hopefully people will continue to recommend us and point, us, point people in, in our direction. Yeah. And so you're, you're three counties Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to expand it further than that geographically? Um, yes and no. I think I think we don't want to run before we can walk, but equally, we've only got a six-week period, really, of installation time. So we've only really got kind of six weeks to make our money. And actually, if we're travelling far and wide, whereas we could be doing two or three jobs in a day, Mm. starting to travel far and wide may mean that we're only able to do one in a day and obviously right, yeah. you know kind of expanding teams and stuff that brings its own complications which is not a problem and mm. um, I mentioned to you earlier that, that, that staff is not a problem this year but it but we haven't there's not many staff kind of out there that or you know that are mm. kind of wanting to to have that sort of seasonal work at the moment I'd I, don't know why that is it's great you know it's good that there's not many people unemployed which is you know yeah. fa fabulous but yeah kind of it, it doesn't help us but i think for us we they are we we have have always marketed ourselves as a as a local family business and that's exactly what we are i mean yeah uh, we've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old and they're always at the unit getting in our way under our feet and stuff and that is just just who we are and how we are you know we kind of yeah. i mentioned staff but we interviewed somebody last night and great news is coming on board but the kids were there during that and you know yeah. it's kind of you know just because they are we picked them up from nursery yeah. and they were just there you know in the office yeah, and yeah. thankfully kind of pepper pig was on and they were, they were fine <laughs> or whatever um but you know we, we've always marketed ourselves as that kind of local family business and part of what we're doing um and, and it's on our new website is that we're doing a spotlight section where um each month we're doing a, a bit of a blog on a an event, a business, a charity, you know, something something along those lines around the three counties of, of Gloucestershire, Worcestershire and Herefordshire and sort mm. of choosing one and, and as I said, just doing a bit of a profile on them, a bit of a blog about right, it. Yeah. Um, just to almost give that kind of, you know, give other businesses and whatever else a bit of a, you know, a bit more coverage, a bit, bit of yeah, a bigger yeah. profile and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we I think we want to kind of, conquer if you like the three counties first and mm -hmm. and really become the, that kind of you know the expert in what we do around here and then perhaps we'll we'll look at expanding further in the future and you know i mean we do already do stuff outside the three counties so we, we do a, a few jobs down in oxfordshire and a couple in london so we, we yeah, have yeah. got other jobs that we and other clients that we go and do outside the three counties but i think for now we're we're just really wanting to focus on where we are in our own local area before we can you know, kind of really fully expand 
wider. Yeah, it's a good idea, I think, and it's, it's almost like a double niche then, isn't it? Because mm, yeah, you're kind of yeah, geographically uh, yeah. focused as well, really. Yeah, true. So. And we know the area as well, so it helps that we kind of know the, you know, the hotels, the restaurants, those sorts of things. You know, I could walk into a or drive in whatever to another city and kind of really have to do my research, which is fine. It's not a problem, but we've grown up around this area, so we're very mm. aware of of where the, you know where the nice houses are and where the kind of, you mm. know, where the hotels are that are nice and, you know, can't really learn as much from Google, obviously, as you can from your own local knowledge. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, it, it yeah. helps us to have that local knowledge to know, you know, who the, the right people to target are, really. Yeah. And actually, a lot of our clients, they, I mean, I've not really come across any that don't, but a lot of our clients like that fact that we're local. It also means if anything touch wood it won't but if anything goes wrong you know we can be there almost immediately because mm. it's on our doorstep so you know they, they like that you know we, we put on our social media about you know we sometimes put the kids on social media on our business business page and you know kind of you have that local feel that oh you know we're out at this restaurant and that restaurant and stuff tonight and a lot of our clients do do like that fact that you know yeah. we're local and, and we're a family business and, and it really does help us to to keep and win more clients, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So, you mentioned like networking and everything. Mm-hmm. Is that? Do you think that's kind of your main marketing sort of channels? I mean, are people googling Christmas decorators? Or? Yeah, I mean, that will certainly that will be up over the next kind of month or so. How many people are googling kind of professional Christmas decorating <laughs> companies? I suppose, um, and hopefully that will bring us line. We've just had a new website done um, this year, so that that's kind oh, yeah. of brought in brought in a few inquiries through there. Um, Networking, yes, networking has helped to some extent. I think our our biggest, um, you know, kind of where we get most of our clients from is just that word of mouth, but from existing clients. It, it, it mm-hmm. helps that, you know, if we do a hotel and then that hotel manager might move to, you know, be at another hotel, then, you know, they want to use us because they know we're good or yeah. they will tell, you know, somebody, I don't know, the if these you know local hoteliers association or whatever kind of mm. oh we work with these guys they're really good so i think it's uh again i talked about that client astonishment and that's why we keep that try and keep that so high because we know that that's our best way as we talked earlier about that kind of word of mouth that's the best way that we're going to get more clients because you know what better better recommendation than somebody saying i've used these guys and they're great here's their number get in mm. touch with them then you know it's a lot better than just kind of having something put through your door or whatever isn't it really yeah. it's that personal yeah. recommendation that that we all value so much and and really does work for us yeah definitely and how, how does it work with your staff then because you know obviously i'd imagine you can't employ them through the whole year no, <laughs> season, I, very much seasonal work yeah absolutely we'd absolutely and love you, to because some of them are well they're all brilliant of course um but yeah so as i said it's my wife and i and we have one one other who's full-time and right. then kind of seasonally we pick up um, you know, staff seasonally, they might be gardeners who are a bit quiet over the winter okay, or yeah. events, um, you know, kind of riggers and stuff who, mm. again, haven't got a lot of events like festivals and stuff going on o- over that sort of time of year. Um, and, yeah, we, we we generally go up to around about anywhere between sort of 14 and 18, really, kind mm. of staff, seasonal staff um, on both the decorating side and the installation side. Um, and then... You know, again, they're with us generally from well, from now until January, really, and then 
unfortunately, they kind of let them go off into the big wide world again. And, and yeah, most of them yeah. do sort of come back to us year on year, especially with their, you know, if they've got other jobs that they're doing or other businesses that they run, it works quite well for them to come back to us at Christmas time and, and help us out. And it, it's brilliant for us because they know the job. We don't have to yeah. kind of train new people every year. And, and we do add on, you know, new staff every year, which we obviously give training to, but it's quite nice that we get those same staff coming back to us but yeah because yeah, I, I guess you need people with a, a certain amount of artistic flair as well don't you and a bit of an eye yeah absolutely yeah it kind of it, you know like I said I sort of mentioned you've got decorating side which my wife sort of heads up and that's all this sort of creative side and as you said mm. kind of needing that eye for it and then you've sort of got the installation side which is sort of like basic DIY skills and that sort of mm -hmm. thing to be able to you know, put some garland up above a bar or to lift big Christmas trees and bolt them together and put mm -hmm. big, you know, kind of displays up in shopping centres and that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. they do obviously cross over because you need, you know, even putting up a big, I don't know, a present on a ceiling of a shopping centre or something, you still need to be able to kind of have a bit of an eye for which way it should yeah, be pointing sure. and stuff. So, yeah. so yeah, you know, generally a little bit of an eye, but I mean, certainly with the installation team, it's just some some good sort of DIY skills really is way is, is what we need um and you know i think most of our most of our staff have that thankfully mm. and any that don't then kind of my wife sweeps in and uh, swoops, <laughs> swoops in and uh, makes it all look better which is great yeah so, you can't yeah, always yeah. teach that sort of thing can you really exactly exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i certainly couldn't do it i joke about it but yeah asked me to decorate a tree and you know it's it's not my my area i suppose really of the business yeah, yeah. And, you know i i probably could do it and probably could, well I, I definitely could do it to a you know decent standard but it certainly wouldn't be on the standard of kind of my yeah. wife or any of her decorating team that they do it so and is there a lot of kind of uh i, I don't mean to like dampen the spirits here but is there a kind of a lot of uh <laughs> like health and safety type stuff you mentioned like you know hoisting a present up into mm. a shopping centre and stuff I guess that comes with a bit of uh, yeah. responsibility absolutely yeah it really does yeah so I mean mo most of our team are uh, have their IPAF licences so can drive cherry pickers and, okay. and boom, uh, boom lifts that sort of thing <clears throat> and yeah you know kind of for every job it's obviously you know we kind of do full risk assessments and method statements and stuff um, but it is yeah you know it, it is a a simple thing to do but obviously has a lot of, kind of when you've been doing it for a while but obviously yeah. has a lot of kind of uh you know as i said health and safety kind of oh not you know kind of <laughs> regulations and stuff around it so it's got to be done carefully and, and properly and yeah. obviously we do and thank to this point we've never <laughs> never had any incident so yeah do you have to have kind of like secondary you know if you do something like that do you have to sort of chain it up and then have like a secondary thing in case the chain goes and yeah, stuff like that yeah belt, belts and braces and all that yeah. always make sure that you know if something's going to fail we've got a backup plan just you know and that is holding it up until we can get back to you know get that second thing back up again so yeah we always make sure it's things like um if we're putting like lamppost motifs up on a lamppost so we, we put our um uh my mind's gone blank i kind of you know uh, I've completely forgotten what they're called now. Oh, yeah, and it's like a really simple zip, word. Zip yeah, we do that as a second thing. So we put our um, our kind of our main brackets. That's weird. I, just, I don't know why I struggled <laughs> for that word. Our bracket around the lamppost and you know screw that in. And then we also put cable ties or zip ties right. around it as well. That's kind of the the secondary thing. If ever one of these brackets was going to fail, well actually the cable ties are holding it up. 
you know, and, and that would, would be fine, but also they're holding up long enough for us to kind of go back and, and get a new bracket up sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah so it's just yeah. making sure that, I mean, nothing ever has, as I said, and, you know, hopefully it won't. But, yeah, it's just making sure that everything is kind of secure and, and got that kind of belts and braces type thing to make sure that if one thing fails, something else is holding it up as well. Yeah, yeah. It's always so interesting, I find, like, you know, delving into different mm. businesses and things because there's all these little things that you don't... yeah. You know, you think about when you walk down the street, yeah, you see absolutely. the Christmas ducks up, you just True. kind of... And as you can yeah, imagine, the public liability insurance is, is high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. it must be. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, I'm sure. Okay. But you said about kind of walking down the street and, you, you know, it's one of those things that, I mean, I now spend a lot of my time sort of looking up at, you know, when you're walking down Worcester <laughs> High Street or whatever, looking up, oh, yeah, there's a bracket there for Christmas lights and well, they've got catenary <laughs> wires across there, so they must be going up again soon. I was in... I was in London last weekend, actually. My friend was running the London Marathon, so we went down to support him and starting to kind of get the infrastructure in place for Christmas lights. So right, kind of walking yeah. down sort of Regent Street and Oxford Street, and you can start to see, you know, that a lot of people wouldn't spot, but sort of brackets going into place and catenary wires hanging across the street. And think, oh, yeah, we know the Christmas lights are coming. I, and I think you should know. Yeah, you notice that sort of thing. I suppose it's probably the same as you noticing, you know, things that we wouldn't notice on yeah, photos yeah, and, exactly, you know, backgrounds yeah. and, and lighting and whatever else. And you just sort of notice what the industry you're in don't you really get yeah, to get yeah. to know it a bit more yeah so um like the debate that everyone always has then is what time of year is it acceptable to put your ducks up oh, it's never too early get them up in summer <laughs> 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 yeah never too early no do you know what i always joke about that it isn't our first installation is uh 21st of october this year right um putting some lights up in the city center so that's our that's our first installation uh, generally our first kind of Christmassy actual kind of physical you know that you would be an obvious that's Christmas uh, is right at the start of November um, second right. and, second of November I think it is this year um, and but I, and then you get the kind of when we move into our residential kind of period so mm -hmm. end of November start of December a lot yeah. of our clients said no can't go up before the first so we're booking <laughs> on for the first or the second or whatever um, but some people we've already got kind of booked in for the end of November just they just want it up early and yeah. make the most of it really but I mean I would say yeah get up in March to be honest yeah, why, <laughs> why not <laughs> do you have them up at the office all year yeah. oh yeah absolutely demos yeah. and stuff yeah yeah, we've got a tree in the office all year round and then kind of in the in the unit or a bit of a kind of showroom as well that nice. not at the moment because it's just full of boxes but yeah the rest of the year we do so <laughs> and then yeah, what's, what's your kind of like the favourite installation you've done or are you not allowed Ooh. to have favourites uh, well in the same way that I'm not allowed to have uh, favourites as a teacher and I did so I suppose I, <laughs> I suppose I would um, I do you know what uh, I, I'm not just sitting on the fence. I genuinely couldn't answer that. I think anything that that we do at the moment, you you sort of stand back and you look at it, and there's that kind of almost instant, wow, that look, you know, looks amazing. Now whether that yeah. could just be a tree, you know, a really nice Christmas tree in say a jewellery shop, or whether it's a, a massive kind of twenty twenty foot, twenty four foot tree or whatever, in, you know, in, in or outside a shopping centre. And there's that kind of, I think it's the bigger things for me that you think, okay, you're right, that's taken us six hours, but look at it, it does look amazing. And yeah. um, we put a big a big bow on a house uh, last year, 
and you know we were there kind of all day doing it and you stand back and it looks amazing and it does you know even now the photos kind of you know on the website and social media and stuff and it does look great so yeah. it's, i think it's those kind of for me it's the larger kind of larger scale stuff that you can really see the team has worked you know super hard on and they've been in cherry pickers all day and you know those days when it's sort of raining in the sort of middle of november and freezing cold and trying to keep them going with hot chocolates and whatever yeah. else and Domino's pizza and stuff and yeah you kind of sit back and you actually it does look amazing it was, was totally worth it so, yeah excellent yeah. and is there any like uh, building or type of building that you you would love to do like um, yeah, I don't oh. know what would be your kind of like ultimate oh that's a good question that oh I don't know do you know what we can I say this I'm going to say it anyway we decorate Highgrove Estate, so that would be the next step up, I suppose, would be come on, Buckingham Palace. I think if we, <laughs> if we, if we could do Buckingham Palace, I think we, we certainly know we made it. What would you do? Oh yeah, well this is thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. Little corgis on the tree, maybe. <laughs> um, do you know what? Like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a certain. I'm not going to reveal them now. Maybe there's kind of a certain sort of few clients that we say actually I'd really we'd really quite like to work with them and obviously kind of it, it takes time to get in, in with new clients and stuff so yeah. a bit of schmoozing bit of networking and that sort of thing and as with everybody we, we there's certain clients now that we work with that it's taken us you know a few years to mm. I don't want to put, don't want to say persuade them but you know kind of you know yeah, to get yeah. in with them because they may have other suppliers or they may just be kind of unsure and it, it takes that time to build a relationship with people and build that trust up mm. and then they kind of take the plunge with us and, and thankfully as I said everything generally goes well and, and they kind of keep coming back to us so yeah we've mm. got a I know we've got a sort of a list of sort of two or three clients that actually we would quite like to work with but um, I'll save them for another day yeah but it's, <laughs> it's like you say you said earlier on um, you know a big part of the value you're bringing is the taking the hassle off people's mm -hmm. hands isn't it and absolutely I, I suppose it's the same with any business it's definitely the same with us you know because people don't want to learn photography or how to shoot video or anything and it's kind of we can come in plan it all for them do it all for them and it's realizing that that is a big big part of what you're providing isn't it yeah absolutely you know it is and you know that is certainly is one of our usps is that <clears throat> we do take the hassle out of christmas you know from mm. from moment one or from the point we've met well that's it you kind of you don't need to do anything more we turn up you know our team turn up we put your decorations in if anything goes wrong, it's, you don't sort it, we sort it. We then take them down again. You don't have to find a little cupboard to put them in or you know, or a loft or attic <laughs> yeah. or whatever. You know, We store them and equally when they're being stored, if they get damaged, well, it's our fault. So we've got to replace them. So it is yeah, that yeah. kind of complete, just the hassle is gone. We do everything for you. You know, even if say a hotel has got some space to store decoration, that's great, but you stuck, stick them in the cupboard and then I know the cleaner might come in and put the hoover on top of it or whatever, you know, <laughs> you know, and things break and actually yeah. you've got to replace them year on year if they keep breaking yeah, or, you know, yeah. keep, dam keep getting damaged or you can't find where they are or whatever. So with that kind of, for, for us, our USP very much is you don't do anything, that's it. We just turn up and do everything for you and, and nice. you just sit back and do the bits that you're good at, you know, the yeah. planning Christmas parties and, you know, running hotels or whatever. So, yeah, bro. So yeah, it's great. Cool. So... Best place for people to go is your website. Yeah, okay. www.threecountieschristmas.co.uk. Yeah, and you're you're pretty active on LinkedIn, aren't you? Yeah, I think. LinkedIn and Twitter, Twitter and Twitter. yeah, find me on yeah uh, at 
I don't know the link. I don't Facebook. know the Instagram and Facebook. Instagram, My wife yeah. does that, but I know yeah. yeah Find me up. For, yeah, Paul Chester on LinkedIn, and you'll see the kind of links from there, I suppose. But yeah, I think I think if you go onto our website, well, I know if you go onto our website, you can click on the icons. It takes you straight to our social media and stuff. Yeah, so the social so media, particularly over christmas is kind of where you'll see what we're doing and all of our updates mm-hmm. of here we are at this job and while well, we've just done this tree and that because you know we're obviously not updating the website during our busy period but yeah it's quite easy to stick something on social media so if people want to see what we're up to over that period then go go on to there it must be like a bit of a tough balance with your social media in the kind of like february you know through the summer and spring and summer because really you is. can't really put loads of christmas stuff out no, I suppose, pe- no exactly that and people don't <laughs> want to see it and and we get that so we try and kind of tediously linked to Christmas somehow in you know in kind of different content you know when Easter's up we sort of you know might put up a Eastery type tree or like a pastel colour tree or something like that that we might have done so yeah it's yeah. difficult because we completely get it you know we talk about Christmas all year round but we know that a lot of people don't want to um, so yeah we kind of try and get around it by by just sort of sneakily sneaking a bit of Christmas in every now and again like surprise Christmas for you yeah. all so, yeah. do you get the odd yeah. inquiry for like Easter ducks and things like yeah. that yeah do you know what we do we, we've just done some stuff for Worcester Bid in the city centre oh, we've yeah. put some sort of but, um, some bunting and some butterflies in their trees and stuff so we do yeah. do a few kind of summery stuff and other, and other kind of um, jobs we generally at the moment are just working with existing clients that, mm. that want to we're about to a, a client of ours is about to open a new restaurant next week so we're doing a, a really nice floral wall for them in their new mm. restaurant so kind of a you know Instagrammable sort of floral wall with yeah. their logo in and stuff um, so yeah we, we don't really market ourselves as doing other stuff but if people come to us we certainly will we, we're doing a few more kind of um sort of uh, what are they call like doorscapes and stuff where so we, we did an Easter one this year for somebody and we've done some different floral ones for mm. a few different shops and boutiques and that sort of thing so we we do dabble in it but again as I said before we want to be the experts in Christmas yeah. so therefore yeah, we kind yeah. of really focus on that and we want people to come to us for Christmas and anything else is, is, is a bonus really nice plus cool. we quite do quite like having the time off as well so <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair yeah absolutely Brilliant. Well, um, thanks again for Thank coming you. in and uh, doing this. It's been uh, great to hear all about welcome. it. And, uh, thanks for having me. It's been yeah. great fun. You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.